0: What are you doing, Doc? I need fuel! Yeah. Give me fuel, take the flash, hit me tracing out of Zah. And in Philadelphia, this would be the wholesome version <laughs> hey, of <what>? Gronk <laughs> and Eric <Aaron> Hernandez. <laughs> now, here are your hosts, John Eddie Jr. and Tom Tuttle. Welcome back to Fantasy Fuel. Uh, I'm going to once again apologize for our audio difficulties last time. I hope that didn't bother anybody too much. This time we should be all raring to go. Are you raring to go, Tom?
1: I'm raring to go, and I'm hoping that we don't have any more audio difficulties today.
0: That would be amazing. (laughs) And today we are going to talk all about what has happened in the last few days over preseason week one football and headlining our news today. And because you all have listened in the past, you thought we were done talking about a certain somebody. (laughs) But unfortunately, I have to bring up his name one more time. (laughs) Because the reigning Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles have signed Christian Hackenberg. (laughs) What? Oh, man.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You just wait. He's going to lead the Eagles to their back-to-back Super Bowl victory. It's Christian Hackenberg. Wow.
0: <laughs> I'm guessing this is nothing but a camp arm because they don't want to play. Uh, Nate Sudfeld for every single quarter because Joe Callahan was so bad this last week and I don't think we're going to see Wentz or Nick Foles very much if at all in the preseason so we're going to get a healthy dose of Christian Hackenberg in the third and fourth quarters which will be amazing to watch yeah that's going to be that's going to be a lot of fun to watch Almost as amazing as Bills Quarterback Watch 2018. (laughs) (laughs) Just put Hackenberg
1: on the Bills. That might make it even more fun to watch. Oh, my
0: goodness. That would be insanely (laughs) awesome to watch because Nathan Peterman has a potential arm injury. And A.J. McCarron's right leg has been getting attended to. (laughs) So... We're down to the only healthy quarterback in <laughs> Buffalo being Josh Allen, the guy who can throw a ball backwards behind his head on a fourth and goal at around the 15-yard line. <laughs> yeah, that was really
1: funny. Um, I don't know really what to think. I'm pretty sure all three of them are still healthy enough to play. I don't think I would be concerned too much about their injuries, and that's in air quotes, <laughs> but
0: I I wouldn't worry too much yet. No, no, but like I said in the past episode, this is one of my preseason yeah. watch lists. Yep. So I'll be digging deep, looking for any possible thing to talk about for Bills <laughs> quarterback watch twenty eighteen. Yeah. Uh, all right, we had mentioned Antonio Calloway, Yeah, uh, how he had gotten in trouble a little bit. And apparently his punishment was to play nearly the entire preseason opener. <laughs>
1: it's a very weird punishment. <laughs> I'll say, like, "Oh, you know, that's it. You're in trouble. You get to play. What?
0: Yeah. <laughs> I, re- I remember a long time ago when I played basketball in high school. Uh, we had a very bad game, and... I didn't get to play much, and the coach thought that that was probably part of the reason we didn't win. So I got to play the entire next game as kind of, I'm sorry, <laughs> not as, you sucked, you're the reason we lost. Go out there and play all 48 minutes. Like, wait, wait, what's going on now? <laughs> you you get to play a, a game,
1: and you're punished. What? Yeah. I, it just doesn't, I, I've never heard of a punishment
0: like that. No. Uh, and speaking of punishments... Oh. Khalil Mack has just been fined $814,000 oh, wow. for not reporting before Oakland's first preseason game. That's crazy. Put that in perspective. Dak Prescott is going to earn $630,000 this season yeah. for being good and being on the team <laughs> all year long. That is a lot, a lot of money to be out for not,
1: for not reporting to camp before the first preseason game. I That's that's how you know that they have control over the players because if you can find somebody that much, they're going to come and they're going to play unless he really doesn't care about money and it's all about principle. That's, that's a lot of money, a lot.
0: That is an exorbitant amount of money. But if he does end up getting the contract he wants, that $814,000 is a drop in the bucket for his $22 million a year that he might end up making. It's a big risk to take, though.
1: It is, it (laughs) is.
0: But uh, I guess he's definitely betting on himself because that that is too much money to, I mean, hey, if you're going to not care about the $814,000, why not report? And throw that $814,000 to all us amateur podcasters <laughs> out there so that we can do this even more and even better. Yeah, that, uh, you'd have to split it up to all
1: 1,814,000 <laughs> amateur podcasts out there. And then we'd hey, only get, that's a we thousand get a $1,000, i would take it. but <laughs> I'll take it.
0: All right, and on to the most troubling news that has come out of Preseason week one is, of course, the injury bugs. Yeah. Uh, the biggest one was Darius Geis, yeah. of course, who's been going fairly early in startup drafts and definitely, I'm guessing, averaging either the second or third pick in rookie drafts. He's done. Yeah, Gone. it's really unfortunate because he actually looked pretty good in that preseason opener.
1: But, man, yeah, it just, that just really stinks for everybody who's already got him. And for all the Redskins fans because I'm I'm sure they were really excited about this
0: guy and it just ends in a horrible, horrible way. Yeah, I mean, I almost feel partially responsible because, like we've said in the past, Tom and I, once we start talking about people, (laughs) things happen, and I, for the first time, said I was starting to move Darius Geis up my board. So maybe it's all on me. I mean, I did say also that I was not too thrilled with the Washington backfield, no matter who is there. But then I had a little bit of a change of heart. I liked what I'd seen from him, and now... (laughs) Now how do you feel about (laughs) Washington's backfield? Well, I'm going to go ahead and say... (laughs) 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 I agree with that. Uh, The other news, uh, Sunday, Jarek McKinnon was caught hobbling and grabbing behind his right knee. Now apparently he did have a precautionary MRI, and it was just a strain. Yeah. So
1: when I saw that the MRI was coming, I was like, oh, snap, this is not good news. But then it was just a strain. I was like, oh, wow. Okay. Calm down a little bit. It's just a little minor thing. But, geez, that could have been really bad for them.
0: So we have two examples because... After Darius Geis was injured, he was walking around, he was joking with teammates, Mm -hmm. uh, and he was done for the year. Uh, Jarek McKinnon, he goes down, seems fine. Apparently he is fine. Yeah, And now we've got one more to worry about (laughs) in Saquon Barkley. Uh, That is the biggest one so far of the preseason, and it doesn't look like it's anything, but again... (laughs) We heard the exact same thing for two different running backs now. So until they do an MRI, if they are going to do one, I can't say one way or the other.
1: Yeah, if if he's out for any amount of time because of this, eh, I I would I would guess that first round draft picks don't even go on the field in the first couple of weeks of preseason because that just gets it gets ridiculous after at that point you can't just lose. Your main, your main guys that you drafted that quickly, and it's unfortunate for guys and and hopefully for Barkley, it nothing big, and it's nothing serious. They say it's nothing serious, but you really don't know until, until you see it, see you go out there and and play again, and do you really want to do that at this point? Do you want him to be on the field again?
0: There was a lot of talk about the NFC East being the big division in terms of the running back position this year. I mean, with Zeke and Barkley and Geis and anybody in the Eagles' backfield with that offensive line, including Ajayi and Clement. Yep. If Barkley is done, oh, boy. Yep. Is this going to start a domino effect in the NFC East? Should should we be trading off Ajayi and Zeke and (laughs) seeing what else happens? I don't want to overreact, but... Yeah, that would be crazy.
1: And I, I don't think I think he's fine. I hope he's fine for all everybody for that has him already and people that are Giants fans because they need something to cheer for and last year was really they couldn't cheer for anything last year. So,
0: we'll see. Yeah, we certainly will. So, on to actual good news <laughs> from the preseason. We'll talk about some of the quarterbacks first because yep. I know you're chomping at the bit to talk about your boy Sam Darnold.
1: Yeah, Sam Darnold. I tell you what, he went out there. First, I want to say that Bridgewater looked pretty good, too. I mean, I really enjoyed watching him play. And I didn't get to see much of McCown, so I can't judge any of that. But I don't have any doubts McCown's going to be fine. But Darnold looked really good. I was really surprised on how he looked. He was looking off coverages. He's he reading the defense pretty good. And, you know, he had a 13, 13 attempts uh, for eight – or 13 uh, – Total receptions and he didn't catch him. I can't say this correctly. (laughs) He went thirteen for eighteen. There you go. With ninety-six yards and he had one touchdowns. But if you really look at it, he ended up having three touchdowns all on the same drive because one got called back and and then the other one was an actual touchdown. But the other one was and then there was another one that the guy dropped. So I mean he he just looked on point. He looked sharp. I can't wait to see him play in the regular season. But, again, I don't want to see it this year. I want him just sit and watch. Unless he just really goes out there and proves it, that he can be the guy. And he has to prove it, prove it. He can't just say, oh, I had a good game here. He has to really prove it for me to want him on the field. Uh, I I really like it, and I would say it's worth a shot of taking somebody like this, either with your free agency agency market or late in the draft. And if if it's
0: a dynasty league, you can hold on to him for a while. I don't want to compare him to anybody quite yet because he hasn't played with the ones. But from right. what I've seen and the stats that he's got, and like you just said, he basically threw three touchdowns on the same drive. And yes. that to me reminded me of Carson Wentz in the red zone. Mm-hmm. He doesn't throw interceptions down don't there. Don't give me don't give me goosebumps, man. <laughs> this is this is getting me excited. Hey, I, I was the one, that's that's the quarterback I wanted you guys to take. I know yeah. you were on the fence with a couple of different players, yeah. but that is the guy, Sam Darnold, I wanted to see in New York, and I really do. I I feel he is a very good fit, and he looks like he's very comfortable down there in the red zone, and you can't say that about everybody, because we've got guys right. like Kurt Cousins who have been terrible in the red zone over yeah. the past couple of years, yeah. so... I'm not trying to get your hopes up, but... Oh, I got my hopes up. They're already <laughs> up.
1: You can't get them down right? at this point until until I see something really bad happen from Darnold, and I don't want that to happen, so I'm not trying to jinx you, but... Right. Yeah.
0: Well, I mentioned earlier Josh Allen, who was the only 100% healthy person in Bill's camp. Yep. His rundown of stats was 9 of 19 for 116 yards and a touchdown, yep. no interceptions. Yep. It was not bad. He... Like I have said before, too, he had that behind-the-head pass, but it was a fourth down and goal, and he was just trying to make something happen. I know there were a lot of people making fun of him for that pass. (laughs) You have to. At that that. point, (laughs) he's he's just whatever. It's preseason. You know it doesn't matter. If he starts doing that when he's out there with the ones and it's in the first quarter, then we got an issue that we need to resolve. But all in all, I'm okay with what I've seen from Josh Allen so far.
1: Yeah, that's fine. It's still the first preseason game. So I would, I wouldn't worry too much about anything bad you see and you know he did throw a touchdown, so I I don't mind I, the 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 passes he threw I actually enjoyed. I didn't think they were horrible he, and you know it's just something you got to work through. He's got plenty of time and if he's going to he's got he's got every opportunity to win this job. There's no question about that. I mean, at this point he
0: might be the lead guy. <laughs> Who knows? That's it. Buffalo Bills quarterback watch 2018. Let's keep it going. I'm going to have to come up with a bump for that, I think, so we can just throw that in there once in a while. All right, let's move to Cleveland where we have two quarterbacks we want to talk about because both of them looked very good. Yep, Baker Mayfield and Tyrod Taylor, Mm -hmm. both looked really really good out there. Yep. May, Mayfield was 11 of 20 for mm-hmm. 212 yards and two touchdowns, no interceptions with a quarterback rating of 125.4. Yep. Not bad. I, yeah, he only completed 55% of his throws, but I thought he
1: looked really promising. Uh, better yet, I thought the Browns looked promising. I uh, mean Tyrod looked really great too like we mentioned, but man if 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 Des does go there, they could be an amazing team. But, and this is a big but, because it's the Browns. We've seen the Browns choke so many times that it's never out of the question for them to disappoint us all again.
0: <laughs> I just got an update on my phone sitting in front of me. And oh, since yeah? we're talking about quarterbacks, I wanted to bring this up. Uh, it says, Sam Darnold has received the bulk of the Jets' first team rets for the second straight nice. day. Nice. I mean, he needs to have it. I, I want to get him the
1: experience. And I want to see him out there with the first team too. So that's a good little update, a little live update right there. Yeah, I like that.
0: (laughs) Uh, So speaking of Tyrod Taylor, I wanted to bring up his stats because I really liked what his stats were. He five of five, ninety nine yards, a nineteen point eight yard average with a touchdown, no picks, and a perfect passer rating of one hundred and fifty eight point three. Yep. And and there's no question at this point to me that he is the starter.
1: he'll have to prove it prove that he's not going to be the starter for me to say that Mayfield's going to take that job over but again they need to they need to take Mayfield and sit him down on the bench and have him learn because at this point he's looking good and he can't get worse so i would say just have him learn from Tyrod i mean Tyrod's a little bit different type of you know quarterback than he is but it's they're similar enough so i i like their scenario i like where they're at right now the browns to me look like they're headed in 100% the right direction. But again, I said that last year and the year before and the (laughs) year before. So we'll see.
0: Now I'm going to bring up this scenario. What if something happens to another team's starting quarterback Mm -hmm. and they are able to trade Tyrod Taylor to that team for their first-round pick like the Eagles did with Sam Bradford a couple years ago? Do you do that, or do you let Baker Mayfield sit?
1: I would say if they, if you do that, it's a mistake. You, ha, you at this point, you have to go with what you have. Don't don't try keep getting all these awesome young picks. You don't need these picks. You just just get with what you got because what you got right now looks pretty good. Don't mess it up,
0: Cleveland. Don't do it. That's a tall order to ask of the Cleveland Browns at this particular <laughs> moment. I, so I agree with that. <laughs> all right moving along we got two more quarterbacks uh lamar jackson and Josh rosen uh, lamar jackson still not very accurate yep. but seven of 18 on those seven completions 119 yards yep. so he was definitely able to uh get some chunks yeah and he had a, in there
1: he had a very impressive rushing touchdown that i actually i was really wow i was like wow okay this is what i was expecting out of him like this is the type of guy that i would want to draft if I knew he was going to be the starter, I would almost I'd have to have him because that type of that type of player can get you a lot of fantasy points.
0: And that is something you absolutely do not get out of Joe Black. <laughs> you don't
1: get that at all. <laughs> no.
0: All right. Our last rookie quarterback that we've been watching is Josh Rosen. Yep. Now, if you just look at his stats, you would think he was not worth that, what, tenth pick overall? Yeah. And it was. It looks horrible. Six of thirteen for forty-one yards. That's, that's not that's terrible. That
1: looks it's, that looks hurt. But well, you can't look at just stats though, because we discussed this before. I think we discussed it yesterday. He had bad snaps. He was under pressure a lot, and his teammates weren't catching the ball for him either. So if you get them th- three things and put them together, it's going to make it look like you're not a good quarterback. But it's really not all his fault.
0: So to put some numbers on those bad snaps. Yep. He was either pressured or received a bad snap on 11 of his 13 dropbacks. Yeah, that's crazy. He had an average of 2.13 seconds before he was pressured. (laughs) No time to look for a receiver. No time to do anything. So I'm not going to put this one on Josh Rosen just yet. Hopefully he can have a better offensive line to work around in his next preseason game.
1: Yeah, let's hope hope so because if it's going to be like that for his – entire year <laughs> with the Cardinals, and it's not going to be good. All right, let's move along and
0: talk about some running backs. Mm-mm. Now, we have been, as a group, as a cohesive unit here on Fantasy Fuel, we have not said much of anything about rookies, period, and definitely not rookie running backs. Right. But now we have a little bit of a sample size, yep. so you're going to get our view on some of these rookies' performances in week one. The first one I'm going to let you take because I know you're starting to get a little higher on him, and that is Carry on Johnson.
1: Oh, carry on Johnson, you got me off kilter here because I, <laughs> I thought you were going to go with uh, Saquon. but uh, carry on, he was seven for 30, he had seven carries for 34 yards, and he averaged 4.8 yards per carry. That's pretty good. And he looked really good. Uh, and he had four receptions for 33 yards as well, which is also really good. He looked patient in some of his rushes, and he seemed like he knew what he was doing out there. I I have to move him up my draft board at this point because I I really liked the way he looked. Uh, he
0: looked really good. He certainly did, and he also had a run called back that he had gained 57 yards yeah, on. Yeah, don't forget that. So if you added that one in there, he would had eight carries for 91 yards. Yeah that would have been a very, very good line.
1: I mean, he already averaged 4.8 yards per carry just on what he had that counted. If you put that one in there, I'm not going to do the math for that, but, yeah, it's it's insane.
0: So you mentioned him. I'll come back. I know I threw you off kilter (laughs) a little bit, but let's talk about what we did see from Saquon as if he doesn't have any kind of an injury, and that was four carries for 43 yards but a long of 39 so that means he had three carries for four yards outside mm-hmm. of that. I mean, if you get that big long run once in a while, I guess that's good yeah. enough, but I like more consistent play out of my running Absolutely.
1: back. Absolutely. And then if you look at it, it's the mother three carries were basically a yard per carry. So yes, his thirty nine yard gain was impressive, but I'm not I'm not taking that away from him either. Because it was a it's a it's great that you get a thirty nine yard gain. But for him, I need to see a little bit more of him to make a real assessment at this point because the other three carries, like I said, were only for four yards, and that needs to improve a bit. And I don't want to overreact about them carries, and I don't want to overreact about the 39-yard run either. So at this point, I just need to see a little bit more. I still think he's going to be fine depending on that injury like we talked earlier. But, yeah, nothing outstandingly popped out with him except for that one 39 yard run but then again that's only one run and i need to see a little more uh
0: there's only one thing other than his 39 yard run that popped out at me and out of all the running backs we're going to talk about today he was the only one that didn't even have a target yeah yep. and they were so hyping him up on he's an all-around best running back and they didn't throw to him once now of course it's a small sample size but I would have thought maybe there would have been at least a couple of targets on there to see, you know, what he's got in the passing game. But we did not get that.
1: No, we didn't. And I would, I, I want to see how they use him in the passing game because that's going to add value. No, no doubt it's going to add value to his his fantasy game and to the Giants' game as well. So we'll see. Like I said, I don't want to overreact about any of the stuff that he's done so far today, or not today, on his first preseason game, but. Yeah, I'm optimistic, but I'm cautiously optimistic about his game.
0: Another one that I was semi-decently confident of before uh, week one of preseason, but I just haven't been able to take him in any drafts yet, is Royce Freeman. Yeah. He four carries for 38 yards, and one of those carries was a 23-yard touchdown, which he looked very shifty, very elusive on, and that definitely got me watching
1: yeah he's definitely going to move up my board a little bit as well like i said guys we we put these rookie uh young tight ends or tight ends wow i'm off these young running backs um we put them down on our board because we want to see them actually play against professionals and once we do that we can move them up our boards so it's 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 hard because some of us we do we do draft before preseason and we're trying to predict these things without actually seeing them on the field against professionals but yeah, with Freeman, I, I'm moving him up too. And at this point, it's really it's still difficult because it's it's such a small sample size still. But we but at this point, we see that what he can do. We can move him up our boards.
0: One guy that I'm moving down my mm-hmm. boards for multiple reasons right now is Ronald Jones. Yep. I mean, he scored a touchdown. Yep. So if it were a Uh, non-PPR league and you got that touchdown out of him you'd be okay with getting those six points but he only had nine yards on eight (laughs) carries not good had one target and did not catch it Ew. yeah not what I'm looking for
1: and while barber had only four attempts he had 21 yards and a touchdown as well so um his long was nine yards so that actually is a good thing in my eyes like he didn't have a burst out run so to me I like Barber more than Ronald Jones at this point and Barber just was recently named the starter now nah, that doesn't mean anything in preseason at this point but to me that the, the small chunk that he had that nine yard run that's the longest he had that's a good thing because it tells me his runs are more consistent and he got all of them runs at 21 yards I'm not saying any of this the way I want to. (laughs) But I'm just saying he's more consistent of a player when it comes down to uh, your average of running. Wow, I still can't say it right. (laughs) Don't pay attention to what I just said.
0: (laughs) I think what Tom is trying to say is Peyton Barber was more consistent in in the long run uh, compared to Ronald Jones. Uh, he said he had a long of nine, which means he had three carries for 12 yards, which comes out to a 4.0 average right. outside of his long right. run, which means he's getting the yards he needs to in the right chunks. He's not losing yards and then getting a 12 yard gain. Uh, so <laughs> I knew what I wanted the offense to Offense can be a little more efficient with Peyton Barber on the field, according to these stats.
1: Yeah, I knew what I wanted to say, but I just could not say <laughs> it. I was just like, love so, yeah, I'm glad you took uh, care of that. So now we can move on a little.
0: That's all right. It's preseason for us, too. <laughs> yeah. You'll have a chance to prove yourself. Maybe we'll get you in on the one squad next time. <laughs> <laughs> all right, last running back I want to talk about is a guy who, if again, if you look at these numbers, it looks horrible. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you were basing your draft off of this, you wouldn't draft him. And I just did in my slow draft that I'm doing right now. He was the last decent running back left, and I took him, Nick Chubb. Yep. So his stats are 15 carries for 11 yards. Mm -hmm. That is obviously horrible. But according to the stats that I have read, he had 26 yards after contact. Yep. So if you do the math, that means he was contacted, on average, one yard behind the line of scrimmage on every carry. Yeah. Now, of course, that was the second-team offensive line, but holy cow, Like, not once could this guy get past the offensive line before getting hit. That, That's not okay. Hopefully we get to see him out there with the ones and see what he can actually do with an offensive line. Yeah,
1: and if if you don't have a chance to, to run the ball... I don't care who's out there. You're never going to get any yards. I mean, I remember years back, man, it was uh, the Packers versus the Lions, and they stopped Barry Sanders like it was nobody's business because they just got in there so quickly. Barry Sanders was one of the best of all time. In my opinion, he might be the best of all time. And if you can stop him, and I don't, I feel like he got, what, a one yard for the entire game? I don't remember what it was. But it was something crazy that they just completely – annihilated Barry Sanders, and they couldn't do anything. So if you can't get running lanes and if you're stopped immediately by someone from the other team, you can't, you're never going to look good. It doesn't matter who you are.
0: No, nope. And I think in Cleveland's case this year, it might be the passing game that opens up the running yes. game yep. for them.
1: I, I agree with that. they got plenty of weapons, especially if Des Bryant gets over there. They're going to have even more weapons. That team could be ridiculous. I already said it. I'm going to say it again.
0: (laughs) Speaking of the passing game, let's talk about some of the rookie wide receivers and some of the young guys that are looking decent in preseason. Mm -hmm. Uh, The first guy you had on your list you wanted to talk about was Damone Patterson from the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah,
1: you know what? I didn't really know who this guy was until he did something in the preseason. And I tell you what, he looked – he looked really good. He went. He had six receptions for seventy-seven yards and a touchdown. The kid looked great. He looked really good. We all thought Washington was going to be the guy to step up, but I'm really liking Patterson at this point. He he had a pretty amazing touchdown grab, and then the backflip was even better. After he did yes, that. that was awesome to watch,
0: even <laughs> even against my eagles, I was like, "Hey, that backflip
1: actually tells me that you, he's a pretty pretty athletic kid." And he's definitely an athlete, and he'll keep – he's somebody I need to keep an eye on for sure because if he makes that first-team offense, I mean, that offense is already good. It's another, it's just another – it'd be another big piece to that really great offensive puzzle for the Steelers.
0: Uh, now, speaking to uh, Washington's defense, he did have a really good – basically a post-up catch, which makes me think he could yeah. be more of a threat in the yeah. red zone. He didn't have a lot of targets, but uh, he did make a very, very nice catch against the Eagles' defense on mm-hmm. that one particular play. Uh, we'll move along to the San Francisco wide receivers, Dante Pettis and Richie James.
1: Yeah, um, Pettis Pettis was fine. I mean, he had one reception for 53 yards, so that's obviously something you can look at. It's just you know, it's just a, it's one of them long passes that you get. And then Richie James, to me, I'll, he was he looked a little better. Than Pettis just because he had more you know, targets and whatnot, but Richie James was uh, he had four receptions for 46 yards and a touchdown. He looked quick, he looked elusive, and I think he has a he has a real good chance that he'll be the uh, returning kicks this year. So if you're in a league that has kick returns as well, this guy's somebody to look at because I liked how I really liked the way he looked. Uh, this last preseason game with with the touchdown and the and the forty six yards and the four receptions, I think Pettis is fine too. But these are these. There's not a lot of other guys in front of them, so these two g- could end up being a one two punch for that team eventually for the, for the forty ers because they really don't have all that much else there.
0: I know you know Pierre Garcon yeah. is getting I, uh, old and. Marquise Goodwin, he is Somebody kind of. I just,
1: I just can't get aboard with Goodwin. I just, I can't do it. I don't know. I, and I could be proved wrong on this, but I just don't. I've never been on him. I just can't do it.
0: I, I'd like to see him do it again yeah. for a season yeah. with the Forty ers before putting too much stock in his name. Uh, one guy even after scoring a touchdown in week one of the preseason, I am not going to grab up because that one catch for 30 yards and a touchdown by Michael Gallup probably shouldn't have happened. (laughs) The defense looked like they had no idea what was going on on that play, and Dak kind of threw it over there, and the defender just kind of stopped looking for it and Gallup. Caught yeah, it and I, uh, ran in. So and initially yeah.
1: when I saw that Gallup had the touchdown, I was like, oh, alright, this is this looks pretty good. And then I talked to you about it and you said, Well, you should watch that play again because the defense looked horrible. And I watched it again, and you were right. I mean, it really was bad defense. And they didn't they, their heads were turning around like they didn't know what was going on. I, I agree with it. I'm still not super down on Gallup at this point. I just I'm kind of down on the the passing offense for the Cowboys but I think Gallup is a a fine receiver and I think he will be fine and and I think he's going to have every opportunity to be in that lineup every day for the Cowboys but I saw a lot of people going crazy because he had oh he had a touchdown did you see that touchdown It was amazing well go back and watch the film I, I encourage you to and and watch that defense because it didn't it did not look good
0: It certainly did not. I mean, I'm biased (laughs) because I don't want the Cowboys to succeed, but that's just one little bitty part of it. Uh, We're going to move on to a quadruple (laughs) part of the Packers offense who, man, that was all over the place. There were different Mm -hmm. guys catching, different guys not catching. Rookies all over the place, young guys, and of course I'm talking about Marquez, Valdez, Scantling, Jamon Moore, Equinemius, <laughs> St. Brown, and yep. Jake Kumaro. All four of them were involved, but not all four of them had equally as good days.
1: No. Uh, Jamon Moore, <laughs> I read something it's somewhere that uh, they said, oh, he's got the upper hand on on, on all of them because he was drafted first. Uh, no. It, it, you have the lower hand because you didn't grab it. You didn't grab There's a couple of balls that he should have. he should have had. And quite frankly, uh, Vendel—I uh, can't say his name. You're gonna have to do that, Marquez <laughs> Veldez. <Veldez-scanpling. laughs> he looked really good. Uh, he looked better than I thought he was gonna look. And of course, St. Brown—he looked great. And I—that's basically where I expected about uh, out of St. Brown. So I enjoyed watching all of them. And Jake Cumaro—he's not a rookie, and that's kind of what we're looking at. But he's—he looked—he looked okay, and he, he had that touchdown grab as well. So. I'm going to let you take a little bit more control on this one because there's four of them, and it's overwhelming me. I can't take it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, all right. Now, the thing that I found interesting about Jamon Moore is not only did he just have the three catches off of seven targets, his long was nine yards. Well, that was his average, (laughs) so every catch was nine yards. I mean, he couldn't even average a first down out of his catches that he Mm didn't contain. So, obviously, still preseason, so we've got a lot more to see from him, and I'm sure he will get more uh, time out there than some of these other guys, at least to start with. But if he doesn't pick it up in the next game, I'm going to have to question whether or not he's going to even be a part of this team. And that's kind of what preseason is for. Uh, I I still think preseason should
1: be shortened. I'd I'd like it to be two games because – well, that's a whole other topic. I'm not going to get into that. But, yeah, yeah, I I think that's what preseason is for. It's, it's to find out what guys you want. And I think he's going to make the team. I think he's he's got talent there, and there's no doubt about that. But if he doesn't step it up, he might not make the team in the way that he wants to. He might be on the bench all the time. And I think he was expecting to be on the field with the number ones uh, sooner than later. And it might not be the case with... Uh, uh, The other two guys. Why are their names got to be so difficult for me? I can't do it.
0: (laughs) I am looking so forward (laughs) to saying these names over and over. Hopefully they both get on the field because I I love it. Uh, Valdez Scantling. That's it. He looked amazing. Five catches for 101 yards and a Mm -hmm. touchdown on seven targets. And Equinamius had four for 61 on six targets. Just think. If they were on the field with Aaron Rodgers.
1: Oh, man. I, I, and I'm i looking forward. I'm not a Packers fan, but I got so much Packer people around me because we live in Wisconsin. I'm looking forward to hearing everybody go crazy. And this is part of the reason I was down on Cobb. At, at our very first episode, I said, I'm not looking forward to see what Cobb has this year. I think he'll be okay this year, but the one of these two guys, one of these three guys, to be honest, I think Moore is going to be fine. I don't know that yet, but I think one of these three guys is going to step up. And I think that I think Cobb might step down.
0: I was okay with Cobb cuz he's not going as high in drafts as he used to go. But right. with his little ankle injury that's going on, it's starting <laughs> yeah. to make me feel like man, one of these rookies, they're going to step up and take his spot. But uh We'll see. I yeah. really want to see them on the field with A.A. Ron, and hopefully <laughs> Equinamius is the guy that comes out. That That's just a biased yeah. Uh, yeah. view from me, but I, I really like what Equinamius could bring for yeah. Aaron Rodgers. I, I completely agree. All right, we've got one position left that we haven't talked about, and we've got a couple of guys to talk about at tight end. Mm-hmm. Now, the biggest... Uh, news was Dallas Goddard. Yeah. He looked amazing, and that could be mainly because um, Nate Sudfeld was throwing him the ball, and that's probably who he's practicing with mostly anyway. Yeah,
1: he was a security blanket for for Sudfeld, and I could see that translate to you know some of the like a double barrel tight end success for Wentz this year, and you know he's gonna he's gonna have Ertz and Goddard. And I think. <laughs> I think it's it's a big possibility. I think Goddard may have a bigger role on this team than we might have previously thought.
0: No, you are one hundred percent correct on that. The more I see of him, the more I think, how can you not yeah. have him on the field? He looks. I don't care how many wide receivers we've got. I mean, yeah. it's not like we have an Antonio Brown and Juju Smith Schuster out there where you know they're going to be out there. I mean, it's it's Alshon. Yeah, he's Alshon. Nelson Aguilar has one good year under his belt. Yep. Yeah. Mike Wallace, who's basically a one-trick pony, and Mac <laughs> Hollins, who is not proven anything quite yet. So why not this extremely athletic tight end in Dallas Odert? Get him on the field. I, I think he might have bigger numbers than Trey Burton had last year as a second tight yeah,
1: end. Yeah, he's a he's a possible big time sleeper if you're doing your draft anytime soon. Because I he, he looks great, and I think I, I honestly think this could be. Like we've discussed this before, this could be the new Aaron Hernandez and Gronkowski situation, and
0: it could just take everybody by storm. And in Philadelphia, this would be the wholesome version <laughs> of what? Gronk and Aaron <laughs> Hernandez.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I agree with you on that too.
0: All right, so in the middle of this three tight end sandwich that we're going to talk about is Mike Gasicki. Mm-hmm. and... Man, when training camp first opened, they were talking about, oh, this is going to be Ryan Tannehill's favorite target. (laughs) He is throwing everything to him, and we get a game, and he has two targets, no catches, and apparently he is listed as the fifth tight end on the depth chart. It is a wonder. Um, I
1: don't really know what to think about him yet. I was high on him coming out of the draft. It's like, oh, yeah, I got to get this guy. And I I never did, so I'm kind of hoping that that was a good decision. But it's just—it's really crazy because I thought he was going to be something special for that team, but I don't know. I really don't know what to think about him. I wouldn't touch him at this point.
0: No, I've never been a fan of Tannehill, yeah, so anybody no. that Tannehill targets I can't put my money on. And right now I would rather have the number two tight end on the Eagles offense than the oh, yeah. number one tight end oh, yeah. on the Dolphins.
1: I, at this point, yeah, I would completely agree with you. I think Goddard has much more promise much looks a lot better obviously already so
0: yeah so now we're gonna go back to the Cleveland offense that we (laughs) mentioned earlier that passing offense now Tyrod Taylor and Baker Mayfield like this guy he only had two catches off three targets but they both went for touchdowns and that is David Njoku
1: yeah he looked good too he I, I I'm really surprised that how good he's looked. I mean, I thought he was going to be great anyway. Not great, but I thought he was going to be something good. I thought he was going to be better than what he was uh, previously. But I think, yeah, he looked really good. I think that they are going to target him more and more, especially in the red zone, he could be that big threat there. So he's somebody you need to keep an eye on when it comes down to drafting tight ends, because he could have something special for you. And especially in the tight end position where there's not a whole lot of great stuff available unless you're getting your tight end early. He could be he could be one of them guys that steps up for you and really makes you end up winning your your division or your just, just your league in general, depending on what kind of league you're in. But, yeah, I, I really like Njoku. I I like Goddard, too, so I, I'm I'm kind of moving them up my draft boards as well.
0: Now, what I see with Njoku is a little bit of a parallel between him and O.J. Howard last year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Buccaneers didn't have a lot of weapons, but they had two tight ends, so I think they were playing both of those guys quite a bit. And when O.J. Howard did good, he did really good, Mm -hmm. a la this last performance by Njoku, two catches, 46 yards, and two touchdowns. That is enough for you to be extremely happy with your tight end position. But I think if this Cleveland offense does what it can, I think a lot of the times it's going to be the wide receivers that end up doing well because obviously we still haven't seen Josh Gordon on the field. So if Josh yeah. Gordon is on the field, is David Njoku going to be the target in the end zone? Because Gordon is a freak, and he can go up and get that ball just as much as a tall tight end like Njoku can.
1: Yeah, I mean that's we're going to find out. The whole Josh Gordon thing just kind of boggles my mind still at this moment. But I, I'm, it's really hard for me to get on board with with Josh Gordon. So we'll see what happens with him, and we'll see what happens with uh, Njoku as well. I, I'm really, I'm really liking the Browns. This year, I, 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 there's something about it that I just I can't get it off of my mind.
0: All right, I got another alert that has come yeah, up. Yeah, I saw that too. That I got to mention. The Chicago Tribune believes it is no longer accurate to list Tariq Cohen as a running back <laughs> and that he requires a slash for running back slash receiver.
1: Yeah, that's really, really good news. Again, like I said, I've, I've really liked Cohen this year, and every single time I see something good, it's something good every single time i see something good about him it's never something negative and that's why i i gotta i gotta put him higher up my list as far as running backs because that's what he's listed in fantasy land if he goes a wide receiver it might change a little bit of things but if he's going to be a running back yeah i really really like him
0: yep no doubt about that i i can't say how much i like Tariq cohen but it's I'm going to be very disappointed if it ends up being where he only catches about 40 yeah, balls I, and I, only gets about 80 carries or something I'll like that. I'll be very disappointed. Because he's been hyped up too much for that yeah, to be the case.
1: I completely agree with you. I, if he disappoints, I will, I will, I'll be really sad because re, I've been really, really hyping on him this year. And I think that I'm just going to leave it there because I've been hyping so much. I just keep <laughs> hyping. I don't want to do it anymore.
0: <laughs> now it's time to hype in a different way. We're gonna do our pre-SP, <laughs> our preseason predictions, and I'm gonna let you go first with yours. ESP, early season predictions.
1: Uh, my uh, my ESP preseason edition is none other than Sh- Shaquem Griffin. Now I know it's defense. And we talk about a bunch of offensive rookies and young guys. But this guy looked really, really good this year, or this last preseason game. And I tell you what, it's going to make all the headlines, obviously. He's going to get all the publicity. But he had six tackles and he had four assists. (laughs) That's really good for a preseason game. It felt like he was all over the field. He looked really, really good. I think he's going to make a lot of heads turn this year. And you know what? The Legion of Boom might come back with this guy on the on the field for the Seahawks this guy when I saw him in college I said he knows how to he knows how to tackle I mean it's really hard to say that about somebody who doesn't have an entire arm he's got a, a little bit there but man he's really really good and I expect him to turn a lot of heads this year and that's that I, that's my prediction here is he's going to make the first team our defense and he's going to get a lot of tackles. I'm not going to put a number on it, but he's going to be something special for the Seahawks this year.
0: And I think he fits really well in the Seahawks scheme. Yeah. It's kind of a ball yeah. hawk scheme. He knows how to find the gaps. He looked like he had the best vision. He looks like he's got vision as if he were Le'Veon Bell in the backfield. <laughs> yeah, that's a really he good analogy. You can see those holes and just bam. He's right in there every time. I mean, as long as he is close to the ball, and he can at least partially wrap up. Yeah. You know, I'm not making fun <laughs> yeah, of we him don't want or anything, but, you know, it's, it's, he's there. And yeah. as long as he can get there, that means the rest of that team has a chance to help him out. I mean, he had six solo tackles, so it's not like he can't do it. My only concern is the fact that they have created him in Madden to be him. He is missing his hand in Madden. I saw a picture on the internet the other day. Now my only concern with that is the picture had him carrying the ball in the arm that he doesn't have a hand in. <laughs> I'll have to send you the picture if I can find it again, but it was really odd. I was like, okay, you didn't you know, consider that part of it. Nope. <laughs> All right, my ESP preseason edition is David Johnson. We didn't talk about him at all because we talked about the younger guys and the rookies, but my goodness, this guy had two carries for 28 yards, found all the holes, and this is without a their starting center who is gone for the year. If that offensive line can block for him like that, I have zero doubts that he is going to get 1,000 yards rushing and 1,000 yards receiving. I think his prediction is going to be my prediction. It's actually going to happen. I mean, We did our top 24 running backs last week, and I already had him as my number one. But after seeing him back on the field, oh, man, I am extremely excited to see him back in action. And now I'm hoping, if I'm doing any more drafts (laughs) coming up soon, that I'll be able to get him if I can get one of those top four picks because I want him on my team, and I think everybody else should too. All right, that is going to... Do it for us. We'll tell you where you can reach us on the interwebs. You can tweet at us at FantasyFuel. You can find us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash FantasyFuel or our discussion board, Fantasy Football through Fantasy Fuel. You can also email us at Podcast at gmail.com and the ever so important phone number that you can tell us we're crazy. You can tell us how David Johnson is not worth the number one overall pick. You can tell us how Michael Gallup is going to be the number one wide receiver in Dallas for years to come. You can tell us how wrong we are about everything. And that number that you can do that is 608-492-3443. So with that, I say thank you for listening and stay fueled up this fantasy season.